Blessings again. This is Pastor Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California, as we continue on in our study of the book of Ephesians. Uh, God's blessings to you all, and um, I pray that uh, this word will go well with you. Why don't we begin uh, with a word of prayer? Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, without your help, our labor is useless, and without your light, Our search is in vain. Invigorate our study of your holy word that by due diligence and right discernment, we may establish ourselves and others in your holy faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, friends. Well, thanks for joining me today. I know uh, today uh, we are continuing on uh, with our study in the book of Ephesians. Uh, I think we ended up concluding last time and I encourage you to go on our YouTube channel and there you will find an archive of all the series of studies that we have done in this book of Ephesians. I know we just started but, but this is the third third one of three as uh, so far as we have gone but uh, continue to go on our channel. If you missed a, a week uh, please go back. If you want to hear it again please go back. Also uh, if you ever want to find out more about church And all of our sermons and our devotions, which we have twice, three times a week, uh, please go to www.faithmoorpark2os.com. And there you will find an endless amount. If you want to learn about the catechism, uh, we have... Under beliefs, uh, we have all the sets of videos, uh, 2017... Uh, recordings of the catechism so please check those out if you want to review or learn uh, the catechism i plan to come out with a 2021 version someday in 2021 (laughs) but uh please check it out sermons up there uh uh, devotions are up there Uh, a treasure trove of stuff is at our church website and i'm just glad uh wherever you are whoever you are wherever you are studying with your bible uh thank you for joining me today as we continue on all right uh, we are continuing on here uh, in verse 11. So why don't we turn uh, our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. You can do that for me if you have your Bible out, and please follow along with your Bibles. Reading the Bible um, is good. All right, let us begin. So, uh, last week we talked about, again, how how God uh, makes known the mystery of His will according to His purpose. And we continue on with that same similar thought. As we see in verse 11, what do we see? In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined, kata, according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. All right. In him. Now, this is very, uh, very important. Number one, it says right here, we have obtained an inheritance... 
Now, when we speak of inheritance language, this is gifting language, right? And as a result of this gift of inheritance, well, it also points us to his grace. Right? Inheritance means given, gift. And that ultimately leads us to who is our Lord. In him we have grace. Right? And also we see in this verse his will. Right? That according to his will, that is, um, our inheritance as heirs to his kingdom, because he is our gracious Lord, he predestined us, he called us to be his own by sending us his son. Again, we don't want to delve too deeply and speculate uh, the mystery of God's will, but we always dwell upon what the Word of God says, and in Him, as we see it, we see the inheritance, uh, another language we talked about last week, about adoption, about heirs, um, status. This is who you are. Who is doing the work? In Him, by His grace. Undeserved gift. Very key, undeserved gift. You know, we always pray in the Lord's Prayer, right? Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Um, you know, when we pray that prayer, I know as I, I turn to it in the catechism here, uh, what, what is the will of God? I, I think that's... Uh, you know, what is ultimately his will? It's for all to be saved. He, he wants us, he desires for us to be his children, right? To live as adopted children according to his will and purpose. And ultimately, God's will is done, as it reads in the Catechism in our explanation, when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want, to, want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. Again, those are the petitions that we see beforehand, right? Hallowing God's name, uh, let thy kingdom come. Um, and when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die, this is his good and gracious will. So when we speak of God's will, um, we know that his will is to subdue uh, uh, the devil himself, to destroy that devil's head, uh, that his will is to call us to this faith, right, to the knowledge of truth. That is Jesus. That his will uh, is to keep us faithful in this word until we die. Right? So we talk about uh, the enduring faith. Uh, this is where we very well know that by his will we continue to endure. Right? Um, in the faith that is Christ. Now all this is rooted in him. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. I think in Bible study, uh, as we kind of went over this earlier this week, uh, one of the people said, uh, it also shows us the relationship with God, right? It shows us uh, how this relationship is formed. And that relationship, 
is not you meeting God halfway. It's rather a relationship of grace. That this relationship is rooted in what he has done for you. So just as the Israelites were given an inheritance, we know that they were uh, given the, uh, the promise of the land of Canaan, the land of milk and honey. And there finally they would reach. It would take them some time. After a lot of grumbling and complaining in that first generation, uh, that second generation would finally make it to the land of Canaan as God would fulfill his promises in the Exodus. And even more, um, as we speak of uh, the inheritance that we are given, it is through the promise of in him, right, as Jesus um, exodizes to the cross. He departs to the cross to die for the sins of the world so that his will is done, crushing the devil's head, giving us uh, the forgiveness of sins and delivering us the gift of salvation and eternal life. And in that faith, well, by his grace, we receive this inheritance. The adoption heirs and our status is as children of God. So when we speak of our faith, uh, and we uh, go on that conversation about faith, this in him is a very important uh, a starting point because everything does come from our Lord, right? Especially ground roots, our faith, the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. Okay, so... Um, As we continue here, verse 12. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Now, in him, because of what he has done, we very well know, as we look at this, the result is what? Actually, I think my wife says uh, you don't have to erase too much because uh, that takes time. And she's right. So I'll I'll try to put it all and you can see the whole board. Uh, Here we see all that the Lord has done. Right. Uh, We see here in verse 12 now so that we who were first to hope in Christ, our hope is built on what God has given to us. Right here. That we simply receive All these things in the life of faith, Apostles' Creed, Article 3, and there as man we received the hope. Not not a flimsy hope, not a blurry and nebulous hope, or a vapid hope, or a cross-my-fingers-I hope, but rather the hope that is in the promise of God that He has given to us In him we have obtained the inheritance, free gift. And this is where our hope is placed. Our object of hope, similar to faith, right? Very similar in in meaning. Our object of faith, our object of hope is rooted in Christ. Right? Everything. Our hope is in Christ Jesus. So that we who were the first to hope, Jew and then Gentile, the first to hope in Christ, in, right? Our hope is in Christ. 
that the object of our hope is the work that he has done for us in his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of our sins. Um, and we see it right here. Uh, I just, you know, you think about all this right here, and you dwell and chew and meditate. You know, honestly, guys, we, we could meditate on this forever, can't we? Uh, the love of God and undeserved gift. Like, why would the Lord do this for me? He knows I'm a sinner, but yet he sends his son to die for me, right? Like, when we talk about in him... Christianity, our faith is so unique. Why? Because our hope is in the one outside of ourselves. This is so unique to Christianity. It's so unique to the one true faith because we very well know it's not up to us, but the arrow show. It's by the grace of God that he comes to us to give us the object of our hope. And that is his word made flesh, Jesus Christ. So right here, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Um, the whole totality of Christian life, as we look at the gospel in a nutshell, as we see right here, we very well know the response. That is, because this hope has been given to us in Christ Jesus, we respond... With praise. Oops, did I spell it wrong? Oops, sorry. We respond with praise. For what has been done to us, our response in this faith is to praise of his doxa, right? His, his, uh, his, uh, his glory, right? What is the object of our praise? It is the hope that he has given to us in the glory of his who? His son, John 1, 14. The glory has been shown to us in this word made flesh full of grace and truth. And there we have our response of this faith is to praise the Lord for his glory. This is very, you know, this is very important because I think when we talk about placing our hope, what is our hope? Why? Uh, what is our hope when, when it comes to uh, our Lord, right? Why do we hope in the Lord? What is uh, that grass, not that grassroots, but that, that foundational understanding in this faith of why we praise the Lord? Because he has set us free. He has He has. Uh, uh, destroyed the devil's work, right? The reason why the son appeared was to destroy the devil's work, as the scripture says, right? We also know that by his work, he has opened or he has uh, uh, died on the cross, right? And he rose in the empty tomb. That's my picture of a circle. And here he opened up not only the grave, but even our mouths to praise the Lord for all that he had done in the victory of his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins, eternal life and salvation. Right. That this is his will for us, because if it was up to our own human will, we very well know that we could not get even one step ahead in earning our gift uh, to be with God. It just doesn't work that way because we talked about it last time because of original sin. Right. Because of the separation from God that we are unable to ascend in a sense of 
climbing that ladder of salvation and taking the 12 steps or 14 or 18 or infinite steps to kind of get there to measure up. We can't do that because of our sin. And therefore, when we speak of the will of God, what is response? It is praise. Praise of His glory, glory shown to us in the sending of His Son, Jesus Christ. All because of in Him, in Christ, as we see in verse 12, might be to the praise of His glory. All credit goes to our Lord. And that's why we praise Him. Right? We always sing hymn number 805, uh, praise him, right? Uh, from whom all blessings flow. And we very well know all blessings flow from our Lord, especially rooted in the death and resurrection of our Lord, the gift of our holy baptism. Remember, in, in is a baptismal reference. In, in, in. How am I in him? How am I in Christ? Because there I find my hope. Right? If my hope is... I've done these very works to be in with him. No, that's, that's, very, uh, that's very shaky and very terrifying. And the conscience is by no means clear. But for us, we're no, we're, we know we're in by what he has done for us, right? Sacramentally, we very well know that uh, when we talk about how God works, the sacraments are the gospel. They work. God works, right? Not us. God calls us in our baptism by the power of his word. God, from the fruits of what he has done through the death and resurrection of our Lord, we very well know that we are connected in our baptism to his name all by that water and word, just as scripture says in Romans 6, right? That we are buried with him, that we are raised with him to the newness of life, that we are connected in this water and word to his death and resurrection, to the new life that he gives in the empty tomb. And therefore, when we respond with praise, think about that. How blessed we are to not only confess that Jesus Christ and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, but praise his holy name for all that he has done for us. This is all a response, right? Very important, right? Praising the Lord is always, as we see right here, so that there would be praise of his glory. And here it is rooted in the hope that was given, the hope of Christ, and the result is that response of praise. Okay, as we continue on here, second. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day so far whenever uh, you are listening to this. And uh, again, as um, I'm trying to <laughs> talk during my wiping down of the board, uh, if you ever have any questions, please uh, comment down below or um, email me. You can find my email on the website there at faithmorepark.com if you so please. Um, if you have any prayers at all or any questions or thoughts, I'm, I'm here for you. So you let me know. Anyways, okay. So verse 13. Why don't we continue here? Why don't we read this together? In him, right? In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. 
Again, in him. In him, not in you. In him, not in me. Right? Uh, because, again, uh, you know, when we, when we speak of, uh, the other day we were studying or going over the devotion by Dr. St. Paul, Christ and Calamity, on our devotion um, every Thursday um, at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. But he, he mentioned something about spotlights, right? How when we talk about spotlights, we're always focusing upon the spotlight. And here, uh, as I always love that Bible verse in Hebrews, let us fix our eyes, right, on the author and perfecter of our faith. And in him, as we fix our eyes on in him, we very well know that this is not about in you or in me, but it's about in him, that all things come from him. And we see right here, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. We're hearing the words of Christ. And it's by that very word, the Holy Spirit works, right? If you want to know the work of the Holy Spirit and you say, I believe in the Holy Spirit in Article 3, Apostles' Creed. Again, what a, what a great confession that is. Uh, but yes, the Holy Spirit calls and, and he calls us to the gospel. He gathers us. Um, he enlightens and sanctifies us. Uh, he keeps us in the true faith, right? But how does, uh, how does uh, this happen? says right there, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, you, we hear a lot of things in life, uh, and, and a lot of things that are, let's say, um, probably not helpful to us, uh, you know, uh, and it might distract us, it might, you know, uh, turn us in so many different ways, um, but, you know, it's so important uh, as we look at this uh, verse here, uh, about hearing the word of truth, right? Because what we hear, what, what goes in is what goes out. Um, I love my sports, right? I could talk about sports all day. Um, I hear it all the time, sports radio, in the car, uh, about my Lakers, Angels, Rams. You know, I, I could just, it's just like you hear and then you talk. You hear and then you verbalize, right? And likewise, you know, like my favorite mentors that I have as a pastor that I look up to, uh, all they do is, uh, when I talk to them, they, all they do is talk scripture. Like literally the, the words of scripture. Like it's, they've read it so much. They've dwelled in it so much that this is who they become, right? Anyways, but the point is, is that it all begins with hearing the word of truth. And what is that word of truth? What does the Holy Spirit, what is the work of the Holy Spirit, as it says in the book of John, the gospel? It says the work of the Holy Spirit is to, John 14, John 16, to comfort or to convict, sorry, but also comfort. Luke 24, 44 to 47, to preach repentance, and what? And forgiveness. To accuse, to crush, but also to make alive, to comfort in the gift of the gospel. Right? 
And here, um, as we talk about uh, the Holy Spirit working, uh, we very well know it is by this word of this aletheia, this, this truth, right? The truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? The truth will set you free. Is that John 8? Yes, I think. Maybe. <laughs> uh, anyways, but here we see uh, how uh, the word works and how we are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, when we talk about uh, the seal, we are not the ones who are sealing here, Right? This is our Lord sealing us in. And we call this uh, a divine passive, right? That is not our work, but it's God's divine work for us as he is the active doer. So when we speak of sealing, uh, sealing things, you know, it, you know, you seal, what do you seal in life? Uh, you seal... Uh, uh, you have rubber seals in your car so that water can't get in, like at the door. I think you have rubber seals. It's raining today, so um, in California, go figure, right? Once in a million years. Um, but also you have seals to not let the water out, like in your shower. You have all the caulking uh, down below that keeps all the water in. Um, you have a seal on... Um, what else, you guys? Window sills, uh, so water won't come in. So the seal kind of guards us and protects us, right? Uh, and this seal is God's word. This seal is your baptism. This seal is the word of truth, that indeed this truth is Christ. So there's something about hearing. It always gets us back to the parable um, also the parable of the sower, right? Hearing and receiving the word of God. But through these means, we are sealed by his grace, right? God's work in him, constant theme throughout. Okay, verse 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of all his glory, Right? And uh, when we see this guarantee, or some translations might be a down payment, why is this so comforting? Why is this so comforting? You know, as we look forward, as we live in the now, and we wait for the not yet, uh, we very well know that as we wait faithfully, just like the Israelites we're journeying to the promised land. Uh, we very well know that his promise shall come. Right? That there is this guarantee. And I say that because when we speak of hope, it's not, I hope I will have eternal life. Or I hope that I am right with God, or I hope that I've done enough to measure up to his name. No, but rather by the guarantee of our inheritance, right? The guarantee of our inheritance, there we find our hope. And that hope isn't 
again, that hope isn't wondering. That hope is with those questions answered by the body and blood of Jesus. And for this reason, to the praise of his glory. Right. Uh, I know we're living in a time where mortality is really at the front door of all of our lives. And, um, and I know this uh, COVID crisis is a real and serious uh, reality um, that has changed everyone's pattern in life. But um, through it all, we see the word and we see the comfort. And again, the source of our praise that even through all things, Christ is with us and that he comforts us and that he gives us the peace knowing full well that our names are written through his blood in the book of life. And that is the possession that we have to the praise of his glory. Right? The world, they're in a different scope. They see this life in a different way. They might even see uh, that death becomes... Um, uh, terrifying as if it's completely the end kaput, right? Uh, but for us, yes, there are moments where we do have that, you know, apprehension. We do have those fears, yet we know what is lying ahead um, as we continue to uh, uh, live in this life of faith, and that is Jesus. All right, continuing on, verse 15, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord, Jesus and your love towards all the saints. Verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So this is St. Paul in his captive captivity or his prison epistles. And he's heard all these things. Now, just being in Paul's shoes, what a great joy this must have been, Right? hearing all the fruits of his labors, not what he did, but what God was doing through him, right? As, as, as he is the chosen instrument for many people. Uh, but to, to see that joy of hearing all that God was doing in these people uh, of Ephesus, right? I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Where is faith? In. Big theme today, in the Lord Jesus Christ. It says right there, and your love towards the saints. Right? Love. The neighbor. The saints. The church. The members. All those in the body of Christ, of course. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and then love. Right. How does this all work together? I think for all of our churches, uh, for whatever church you are uh, joining or are with right now, um, how does this all work together? Right. And um, here we see uh, that as I get out my notes, um, uh, that we see that faith and love are together here. They're, they're not disconnected, but actually they are connected. And, and we'll see later about, um, I believe we'll see later about hope. But faith and love here, we see that through the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is what he has done, that uh, we love because he first loved us, that by his gospel, by the sacraments, we very well know that through this very word that we heard, 
There we continue in the fruit of the Spirit to love. Right? These are not detached things. These are all connected in Him, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a church, we love one another because we are part of the body. Making up many members and we support one another, we love one another, and we are a family. Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. See, brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus. Because again, it's by the blessed inheritance that our faith resides in what he has done. And therefore, through that great joy, as we're caught up in this faith, as we're caught up in the word, as you hear, hear continuously this very word, there we have love. Yes, the, what does the devil do? What does the devil do? He tries to uh, build his chapel next door, and he tries to uh, distract and scatter the sheep. Uh, he tries to um, cause great division within the churches, um, and, well, a church um, can become, uh, rather than what it is, it can become something else. And, you know, when we talk about loving one another in our call as Christians, um, what a great joy this is, because that love is rooted in Christ Jesus, right? And, and I'll tell you this, it, I think for any church, um, we know how the devil tries to get his, his fangs, his claws in those very churches, in all of our churches, right? We talk about gossip. We talk about, you know, uh, just um, different cliques in the church. It, it happens, right? Um, but when we get back to our faith in the midst of all of those deceptive distractions, we get back to who we are under his name. And we are in the oneness of God. And as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are reconciled in a sense of, uh, we know that we are reconciled with God through the Son. And as his children, we walk together as we love and serve one another. These are not disconnected, but rather they are together, right? Faith in the Lord and your love towards all the saints that they continued on with this faith and we see how that manifested itself through the love of their brothers and sisters in Christ. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So here we see St. Paul doing what? He is continuing on, uh, uh, even though he is far, he is praying for them, right? Pray for one another. Pray for one another. Again, pray for one another. You know, when we pray as a church, what a blessed time that is to pray together as a church, but also pray for one another um, and continue to uplift and encourage one another um, in these times. And as I told uh, my, my, uh, the people here um, at Faith in Moorpark, um, that, you know, if, if, you don't, if you don't see someone at church or you know that they have kind of, fallen away from hearing the words online, I know with COVID, I encourage you to pray for them wherever they may be and give them that encouragement. Give them a call um, and show your love by contacting them and encouraging them in the word, 
right? That, that's the greatest thing we could do. And um, I know this time, it's a time of isolation for many. And so easy uh, can we forget uh, the reality that is before us in our flesh as this disconnect is ever so real and even just dangerous, right? Anyways, so love one another, a love towards the saints, all rooted in the faith in our Lord. Uh, continuing on here, we're almost done. Uh, verse 17 and 18 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. And these are the last two verses for today. So what is going on here? Now, He is remembering, in, uh, he's remembering them in His prayers. What is he praying? I love this prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, again, he is beginning with the address of who he is praying to. And that address is, how do we know God hears our prayers? Because Jesus Christ is our advocate. He is our intercessor, right? That he, St. Paul is saying that the God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And there we find our assurance that God hears our prayers, uh, but also uh, that this is the Father of glory, again, the Father of uh, the glory full of grace and truth, that our Lord would give these people the spirit of Sophia, right? This wisdom and this revealing, this revelation in the knowledge of Him, right? Um, And this is His prayer, that many may come to know True wisdom. Now, there's a big difference, right? World wisdom and wisdom that is of the revealing of God's word. And our faith. Uh, that when we speak of the spirit of wisdom, I know when we use this word in front of man, uh, in front of the world, uh, it's really a, a different discussion, right? Um, you know, the, the world, when we speak of, uh, you know, evolution, right? Let's say, for example, the world is still searching for how this world began, And they're searching through science and and trying to figure out how this world began, thinking that by their own wisdom, they could figure it out. But for us, simply, I know that's kind of a short, uh, very uh, plain approach to how the world uh, uh, approaches evolution. But for us, we very well know that through God's word, as our truth is God's word, there we find our wisdom revealed to us by the very scriptures that point to the creation that he had done by his very breath. As it says in Genesis chapter 1, God said, God said, God said, right? Time and time again. Anyways, but here we see the true wisdom. What is the true wisdom? Is the revealing in the, the revelation in the knowledge of him. And that true wisdom is not, is not your PhD, it's not your degrees, it's not your knowledge of the world, but rather the revealing of Him, His glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the gospel, right? Remember, human wisdom does what? 
The pride, the puff up of man says, I can do this myself. You know, I've been a good person. I can save myself. I'm right with God. God God must be happy with me for all that I've done. That smug heart that's secure in their own self. But when we speak of true wisdom in him, it's, it's always that invitation that reminds you whether it was Zacchaeus you know, or, or his blessed, gracious invitation, uh, come all you who are uh, broken and heavy laden, I will give you rest, Matthew 11. We know that that true wisdom is the least to the greatest, not the, gra- not the greatest to the least, right? The ones who are humbled will be exalted, right? And our true wisdom is not spotlighted on ourselves, and, and that's the thing, you know, it's so easy. But our human wisdom or our true wisdom is spotlighted on Jesus and what he has done for us. And that knowledge of him is the truth, the gospel. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, right? When we speak of enlightened, we imply what? That we are in the dark. That our spiritual eyes are blind. That we are dead in our sin. And that we need this light to come to us by the very word. The revelation, the knowledge of him. How are you enlightened? It's by the very words of Scripture that point you to the death and the open grave, the resurrection of our Lord, who lightens us up, in a sense of opens our eyes in the one true faith, the Holy Spirit, calling us not by human reason or strength, right? But by His will, by His word, and there we have our hope. The eyes of your hearts, that center, right? The core of your being. We live, move, and have our being, Acts 17, 28, in Christ Jesus, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, right? That you are enlightened to what? The hope. Jesus, which he has called you. I've called you by name and you are mine, Isaiah 43, right? Baptismal pointing to the hope that he has called us in in this one true faith by the very word of God through the gospel, the law gospel, and the sacraments, right? It's by this very word that our eyes are opened, right? Apostles' Creed, Article 3, enlightened. How are we enlightened? By his gifts. That these gifts given to us, the mystery of God's grace, the sacramentum, right? Yeah, there we are enlightened. Our eyes are opened by the power of the Holy Spirit creating faith in us to the very word of God. And that word is not behavior modification. Try to be good enough to be a Christian. Try to be good enough to have salvation. No, that word is outside of yourselves in him, Jesus Christ, which is your hope to which he has called you by his grace. Earlier we talked about it, right? By his grace, by his will. And there you have your inheritance. And in that inheritance is, uh, uh, is your, is your hope. I know that's a lot of stuff, but Paul prays for true wisdom. Right? True wisdom is in the faith that is revealed to you by the very word, the gospel. True wisdom is Jesus' work, not your own. 
right? Do we call, are we called uh, to, to love and serve one another, the fruits of the whole? Of course. But when it comes to uh, salvation and forgiveness and eternal life and a good conscience, right? What does it say in First Peter 3 that we, um, that corresponding to Noah's flood, baptism saves, but also that we have that good conscience according to the resurrection of our Lord, that we very well know it's by what he has done outside of ourselves that, well, that we have this true hope. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? You know, and, and we study this and we say, of course, but we very well know the devil is always there. And that's the constant battle, isn't it, friends? Right? Uh, what is the true wisdom that we face? And St. Paul prays, and this is such a great prayer, uh, that we, we ought to pray for um, one another, uh, that we also have that true wisdom, which is described right here, right? Enlightened. How? By the one outside of ourselves. Our hope, where? Outside of ourselves. How is this God revealed, God's word revealed to us outside of ourselves as this word comes to us as we hear it? Even in our baptism, even when we are infants. That's how God works in the power of his word, gospel and the sacraments. This is God to man. Remember that. And this is where our hope is. All right. You know, we'll stop there today. I know um, it's been longer than I wanted to. I'm trying to keep these at a good pace. But thank you for joining us today. Um, and um, God, God's blessings to you all. And if you have any questions, please let me know. Um, join us next week uh, as we continue on in the book of Ephesians. Why don't we pray? Let us pray together the prayer that the Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right, may you all have a blessed day. Thank you for joining me this day. And may this word dwell with you in the hope of Christ to which you were called, to the glorious inheritance, the riches of his precious blood that covers you. Praise be to God for this gracious and glorious truth. Go now in God's peace. Have a wonderful day, friends. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.